We're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. I know. I was like, we literally have seconds. It's okay. Because I was puttering around and I turned my AC off at the very last minute. Like, I wasn't letting it go. I was like, it's got to be 829.59 like, for me to like turn this AC off because it's been hot. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, it has been. It was really hot over the weekend here at like 95. Mm-hmm. People don't know how to act because they don't usually get that hot here in San Jose. Mm-hmm. The area. Parts of the area. So uh, it was wild. And my people don't know how to act. I mean, my mom. She doesn't know how to act. It gets this hot. So. <laughs> Just live in the AC. That's the only way. Right. Um, so Fourth of July, um, firecrackers and M80s and all that fun stuff was going until like four a.m. So technically into into July fifth at four a.m. Yeah, uh, that's how it was here. There's been a there's a couple wildfires even here in the Bay. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> we are about to be in dry season like uh, this time what three four years ago there was a whole entire ass fire happening here and then our air quality was as bad as it had been you know was in new york a couple weeks ago so it's like why would you be tempting yeah state like this um detroit last week had the worst air quality after dubai we had the second worst air quality in the world for like three days wild that's pretty bad well i guess we should do our intro uh, yeah first i want to say i don't want to ignore this person read love listen saying hey pretty ladies is hot t- hot here too had to finally turn on the ac and the fireworks are going off here all night yup do you live in the hood like us or what like i don't know or me anyway i live in the hood i can't assume <laughs> i live in it's starting to become that okay. it's like it was <laughs> It was suburbs and whatnot, and then I moved back to California, and I was, okay, this is where we're at, Uh, because of the fact that people had initially bought homes in this area because of the tech boom, and all the people working at, like, Facebook and all that, Mm -hmm. and we're just far enough south to miss a lot of the pricier stuff, or at least we were, Mm -hmm. and now that it's starting to become pricier, the people here, it's like they're not they're not keeping up with the areas as much. The shopping center areas is completely, pretty much completely dead. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. Fun times, but go forth. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> New build a little over there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um, hey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Horror Host Support Group Podcast, the podcast and book club for the everyday horror addicts, horror fanatics. I feel like I, get, I change it up every time. So thanks. <laughs> if you like horror, we're your girls. So I'm one of your hosts. Um, I'm Amanda, and it's hot enough in California to wear a tank top. And I'm joined by the lady in blue. <laughs> Samara. 
<laughs> I was gonna do something else, but you know I'm fucking tired. So. Yes, and it's hot. This is a tired hot episode, but we're here to talk about our top five faves in horror, our fave thrills and chills. I took okay, so this is how I did my top five. I mix matched up TV shows, movies, and books in five. Like I have five all together. I don't know how you did it. Did you do five books? (laughs) Wait, you only have five all together. I only have five all together. Wow. Okay. So I, I did overachiever five, five. And then I think about, I think three shows because there's not that many. So Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do is I will just pick and choose from amongst the ones, ma'am. I'm like, ma'am, we have an hour. (laughs) I know I'm over here trying to be extra. Listen. Okay. Well, I just knew you meant five. Cause I was like, nah, not five, five, five. Not 15. I don't think I could have did five, it. Five. <laughs> well, you know, perhaps. But yeah, we'll just, we'll just go five each and we'll just make it work. And we'll add more. If I'm, I have more. I just I just narrowed it down to five because I thought that's what we were doing. I was like, yeah, totally. Didn't ask for much, too much clarification. Sorry. You see how much <laughs> communication we do before these episodes, everybody. Uh, <laughs> sometimes five. it's a whole lot. Dollar five. Five dollar foot long. Five dollar five. Five dollar foot long. Fives. We're going with that. Speaking of fives, before we jump into it, um, have you ever watched Where the Where the Heart Is? Starring Nicole Kidman and her her boyfriend leaves her pregnant and basically barefoot at a Walmart. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And how how her unlucky number is five. And so she's in the line at the checkout line at Walmart and they're like, that'll be, here's your change. It's $5 and 55 cents. And she's like, thanks. Oh shit. <laughs> and her boyfriend literally left her high and dry at a Walmart. Damn. Hopefully it doesn't happen to us. No fives, no bad luck fives. <laughs> shit, girl, the way that things are happening with this um, divorce, <laughs> no bad luck to me. No bad luck to me today, but let's start with our list. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first? Um, yes. I don't know if this I'm is on your list. I'm volunteering you to go first. <laughs> A volunteer's tribute. Um, don't know if this is on your list. It might be, but the first one up is a made-for-TV movie. It's a little-known film that goes by the name of Demon Knight. Tells from the Crypt Demon Knight. Starring the lovely Jada Pinkett Smith herself. But I think back then she was just Jada Pinkett. I don't think she was married yet. And uh, the incredible Billy Zane. Actually, this, this is like my favorite yeah. Billy Zane. Like This is my favorite like version of Billy Zane <laughs> in films. Um, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but there is a um, older man. I believe they called him Stryker. Um, very close to Strider. Got something to think about. But anyway, Stryker. Uh, who is on the run from what appears to be a demon because he's carrying the like like a relic from Christ that has the blood of Christ in it. And if the demons get a hold of it, then the scales will tip from heaven to hell and hell will be unleashed on earth. Um, he stumbles upon a very rundown motel where all matters of dubious things happen. Um, and basically everyone who was there is now on lockdown because Billy Zane, the main demon, has followed Stryker all the way there to them. 
um, and has released his demon goons in order to get the relic. Um, and Jada Pinkett is one of the main characters who has to kind of fight along Stryker um, in order to save herself, save her friends, and save the world from being taken over by demons. Love it. It is, like, uh, I've been watching it for as long as I've had eyeballs, I feel like. And I never get tired of it. So that was number one on my list. And points for a Black final girl. Yes, very much so. Okay, um, well, I'm going to go with one of my fives. It's a book. And this is a classic. Uh, and that is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by <laughs> Alvin Schwartz. Now, listen, okay, you might be thinking, girl, those are children's stories. Yes. Mm -hmm. However, the illustrations, immaculate, spooky. The stories, if you read them back, are also actually pretty scary. And the reason why it's on my list is because there is one story. I can't remember if it's in the first, second, or third part of this anthology. I'm grouping them all together. This is series. There's a story that when I was a kid had me so afraid to sleep, I did not sleep three days. Because It was like, I think it might have been, I don't remember which one it was. But it was a story of this monster-like creature that was standing outside somebody's house and all they saw was a shadow. And then they locked, you know, head became separate from the body because of this creature. Okay? That one, plus the other one that was, it was like this eyeball alien creature that was like, I'm coming up the stairs, Barbara. I'm coming to get you, Barbara. I'm down outside. Could not sleep. Mind you, I shared a room with my sister at this time, and she was an asshole for, obviously, just, she's a teenager pranking me. So she'd stand outside the window and, you know, knock on the window. But still to this day, scary, which is why it's on my list. Shocking for a lot of people, but I've never read that book. It was not. I watched the movie that came out not too long ago. Um, but I've never read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark in my life. I was. I never read that. I was a Goosebumps girl. I never even heard of it until I became an adult, actually. Um, there was a question. Was this book... Was this the book that had a character that had a bow or a ribbon holding her neck and head together? Yes, yes, I believe it was. I've heard, like I said, I've heard of the book. I've heard of the stories, but I've never like read them. Like I know about the big toe in the soup or whatever, and and the ribbon around the neck. But I never, I never heard about the story you just said. That sounds really creepy. I'd be scared as a kid. I'm actually a little scared now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is the was the person's name really Barbara? No, oh, I was, was just me it. quoting from a Night of the Living. Okay, I was about to say, like, which came first? <laughs> yeah, it was me quoting from Night of the Living Dead, but it really mm -hmm. was. It was like this person, she's home alone and, uh, you know, going to sleep, foolishly has the door open to their bedroom, which is a fire hazard, and hears this voice. And then, you know, it was creepy because the voice is basically threatened. Um, 
saying what they're doing, but it's very high pitched and kind of like childlike. I'm coming up the stairs. I'm on the landing. I'm right outside your, you, you know, your door. I'm in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I'm right by your bed. And <laughs> I said, no, thank you. I said, we're sleeping with the light on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. That's creepy. I'd be scared, too. Um, so my next one is a TV show. Um, it's my favorite. It's one of your favorites, Amanda. And that is The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I don't think, I don't think a TV show has scared me, like a horror TV show has scared me as much as that one until From, which I'm watching right now. I need to, sidebar, I need to watch it. I have not watched it. I need to watch it. I'm taking it slow because I think they're still doing season two and season two is on MGM Plus and I don't want to like pay for a long time. I just want to get the free trial (laughs) and then binge watch season two and then cut it off. That's my plan. Um, But From is really good. But yeah, The Haunting of Hill House, which is based off of the book, The Haunting of Hill House, I believe by Shirley Jackson, Mm -hmm. uh, in which a group of people go into this place called Hill House and they all have kind of like an affinity for the site. I think in the book, everybody has kind of like an affinity for like the supernatural a little bit. I know in the movie with Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, everybody just has issues sleeping. Like it was like a sleep study, but I think in the book, everyone has like a weird, like just affinity for the supernatural. Um, but the story is virtual, almost the same, the ending a little different. But the movie, not the movie, sorry, the TV show changes everything and everyone's siblings instead of just strangers. Um, and it's just, I mean, who y'all just everybody just needs to if you haven't seen it just watch just go watch it it's so good mm-hmm. it's so good basically it's a bunch of the siblings their father and their mother um their parents actually buy homes fix them up and then flip them but while they're doing all that they all live in it and hill house is really creepy um every kid experiences the house in a different way um there's a specifically a room with the red door um that the kids are always trying to get into but it's locked and more happens. I'm not going to say unless, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but the house is just, it's just every kid is, they just look back as adults and remember living in the house and things happening in the house completely different from each other. Mm-hmm. To the point where I think the oldest child is like nothing. I never saw anything like the rest of you. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see anything weird about the house. Mom just went crazy, but everyone else is like, no, something happened. Something weird happened. This is what happened to me. Um, but yeah, The Haunting of Hill House, it's just the, it's slower, like the buildup, but when it gets there, it's there. Or when things happen, it's like, holy shit, I'm scared. Like there's a part I'm not going to say, but I was on the train watching it on my phone and I'm, I'm pretty sure I screamed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I screamed out loud. So I do highly recommend it because I I simply wasn't ready for the show. It was it's brilliant. Yeah, I it, I love the show. It's not on my list, but I mm-hmm. do love the show. So if you haven't checked out Haunting of Hill House, go ahead and check it out. Maybe we'll do an episode to review it and that will have some spoilers because we both really love mm-hmm. it. So well maybe we should do a reaction we'll... video. 
it's not a long mm. series. We could totally do that. We could totally do like a reaction to this series, that which will be fun. I love that. All right. <laughs> so mine is going. So mine is going to be um, a TV show, <laughs> and that is the Chucky TV show. <laughs> I've yet to watch it. Baby, this show is everything. I have this show. <laughs> so, I mean, Chucky in general is one of my favorite horror uh, creations. I really love all the movies. I They're so absurd. There's a little campiness to them. There's plenty of slashing and gore and you know, the terror of this unbeatable doll. But I, I just really like it. And the TV show, I really enjoy. So it's about this kid named Jake, who is an artist. He takes dolls and such, and he um, makes them into art. So he finds the Chucky doll at a garage sale. It's so good, right? He finds the Chucky doll at a garage sale, and then... Madness ensues. So he's in middle school, which I think is good because we're getting a, you know, they're not quite high school, but they're in middle school vibes. And so we see him, we see how his, his father reacts to it, played by the Devin Sawa, which I appreciate because I miss seeing him on our screen. Did you just say who I think you just said? Devin Sawa. He's back. He's acting again. I didn't know he. I'm gonna go watch the show now. Yeah, yeah. I had the biggest Chucky. crush on him as a kid. <laughs> I think I think a lot of '90s girls or millennials did. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah. So then there's Chucky. We do get Tiffany back. In case you're wondering, you cannot have Chucky without Tiffany. Um, we get Nika Pierce from the latter two Chucky movies. The uh, um, what is it? Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. So it's a good time. I highly recommend it. Uh, the second season is a little harder to find. I'm trying to find it, if I'm being honest. But I think they do have Glenn Glenda in the second season. So get into it. Okay. So my next one is a movie. I really want to watch Chucky now because I love Chucky. Um. Is that is that the name of the show? It's not called Child's Play. It's called Chucky. It's yeah, it's just Chucky. And as an aside, the original creator is doing this, so it's not like somebody taking up the mantle like with the Scream franchise. I, Don Mancini, I think, is what his name is, and he's mm -hmm. involved, okay. which is nice that he's still continuing his work. Nice. I love it when they do that. Um, so my next one is a movie, and that is, and it's super specific. Halloween four. Don't know why. It's something about four. Um, but this is when we first meet um, Jamie, who is supposed to be uh, Michael Myers' niece and the daughter of um, uh, Strode. Well, I can't think of her first name right now. Lori Strode. Um, don't know how that happened, but you know, it, obviously, you just forget about the the latest trilogy. And focus on like the original films minus 
minus the th sorry it's a lot of road traffic minus the third film that has literally nothing to do with michael myers but it's still somehow a part of the halloween franchise it was supposed to be i believe it was, was supposed to be an anthology at first um and when they did halloween three it just it flopped and there were people were like bring back michael i don't know what you're trying to do and the people heard heard our cry and brought back michael so then we're back with um halloween four um and yeah, anyway, Michael Myers is now officially uh, finds out on the way to like being transferred in the hospital or something weird happens uh, to where he finds out he finds out he has a niece and of, it's getting close to Halloween and Michael Myers hates his family. And so, you know, that he's laying on the stretcher and that that hand clenches and he's like, oh, got to figure where she is. I got to find out where she is. And I got a killer. Um, and Jamie is adopted by a family who still lives in Haddonfield. Um, they have a teenage daughter. Uh, and, you know, they're like, hey, take, you know, take Jamie trick-or-treating. Jamie, of course, wanders off in her little clown outfit because she's a clown and ends up getting stalked by Michael Myers. Um, Dr. Loomis is back. Love that for us. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's cause she was a little kid in a horror film and I was a little kid watching it and I was like, little kids are in horror films, like main characters. Hell yeah. She didn't do much, but like she's a little kid crying. <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah. The Halloween franchise is good. I think that's definitely one of your favorites, right? Mm -hmm. the, the Halloween franchise as a whole. Love me some Michael. Love mm -hmm. me some him. Okay, If you know, you know. <laughs> I can't. Why did I? That was no. Right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, and then I'm picturing Michael Myers like slow motion in a music in an R&B music video with Tony Braxton. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Okay, so my favorite, my next favorite is a book, and this is Seed by Anya Alborn. So I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but this is a possession book. And basically it follows um, a family who one night they're driving on the road. They think that they see an animal in the middle of the road. They swerve, they get into a car accident. And then their daughter, Charlie, starts acting strangely as though she's possessed. But this isn't your normal possession book because what we find out is the father knows exactly what is happening to his daughter because at one point he had been possessed by the same demon as a child. So he's trying to figure out how to save her before she kind of goes down the path that he did. Obviously he survived, but not without doing some bad shit. And so... He's trying to figure that out at the same time, not being a good partner and keeping it all from his wife. So the tension comes from both him trying to save his daughter and him keeping the fact that he knows what's going on from his wife. Plus, there's the, the possession part. So the escalating behavior, murders, the, you know, demonicness of it all. And we do see flashbacks from the father's childhood from when he was first possessed and whatnot as well. Uh, it's 
one of my favorite books. I come back to it quite often. Um, I really enjoy Anya Alborn as an author. So if you haven't read any of her works, I recommend it. But Seed is definitely one of my favorites of hers. That's, that's definitely on my TBR. I remember you telling me that I have to read it. And every time you talk about it, I'm like, God, I got to read that book. I will get to it. I swear it's going to happen for me. I just have like eight books on my TBR right now that I have to actively read and talk about. <laughs> so I'm looking crazy. Um, so my next one is a book as well. And that is Lone Women by Victor Laval. Something you need. To, um, did you get a chance to read it yet? No, but I have it. Okay. I want the physical copy. That's how much I enjoyed it. Um, so Lone Women, we are following a, a Black woman who is going to be, who's traveling West to be a homesteader. She's got, you know, she ended up getting this parcel of land and the um, kind of the deal for it in order to own it is that she worked the land and till the soil and grow things there. Um, after a certain amount of time, she will be the owner of the land. This is a huge deal. This is way back in the day. I'm talking Wild West. There ain't shit out there. Um, but like flat. It's just flat. And there's no town nearby that's walkable. You need a horse and a buggy to get to the nearest town or any bit of civilization. Um, and she's alone. She, Like I said, she's a Black woman. She's not like dainty or petite. She's a tall well-built, dark-skinned Black woman going to this super white settler town. Um, there aren't really any other Black people. She is carrying this big trunk that she will not let anyone touch, carry, or open. It is extremely heavy, and she's the only one who's actually able to carry it. No one else is able to actually move it or carry it. And so, of course, people are very, very, very interested about what's in the trunk, and she's very secretive about it until it opens and all hell breaks loose lone women somebody need first of all victor laval is kind of the shit like he's the author of the ballad of black tom he also wrote um the devil in silver which amanda and i uh read in the book club check us out shout out to the book club join us you can go to the link in our description on our insta and join the book club um and the man just can't write a bad book i'm sorry right he just can't. I haven't come across one yet. Um, but yeah, Lone Women, it came out earlier this year. I highly recommend it. Like, it's five Blackulas. Yeah, it's definitely on my TBR along with uh, countless other books that mm -hmm. I have. But it might just be fast-tracked because I, you really, really like it. And I keep hearing nothing but good things about it. So Yes. I would have to read it. Um, okay, so my next um, favorite is going to be, let me see, because now since we're mixing them up, mm -hmm. I'm having to figure out That's what me right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to say my next favorite is another novel. We're going to go with World War Z by Max Brooks, specifically the audiobook. Uh, this is an annual listen for me because the audiobook is just done so well. It feels like I'm watching a show, feels like I'm 
masterpiece theater, whatever it is you want to say. Um, for those of you who aren't aware of what World War Z the book is, because the movie took elements of the book to make it into a cohesive, not that it's not cohesive, but they, they followed one storyline. And I think that honestly, the movie suffered for it. But basically, the book is kind of a recounting, almost like a Greek chorus of what happens during this zombie apocalypse. So it has some people telling stories from the, the beginning, right when they first started to notice what was going on. And then you have people telling stories about what was happening during this apocalypse, how they survived, how they fled, whatever. And then people on the latter end telling about how humanity recovered. Um, this has a star-studded cast. So we're talking like Alan Alda, Cal Penn. Um, we have Common also voices, Simon Pegg, Mark Hamill. Okay, Mark Hamill. So many people do such a great job voicing this. and. Uh, I think they do a really good job of taking you through what something like this would look like. And especially with COVID, having gone through that, uh, you can see some of the parallels if you were visited. Just in terms of the government response, the media responses, and all of that. So I highly recommend World War Z, the audiobook. Uh, if you, I think it's like the extended edition that you can get. But yeah, I listen to it probably at least once every year since I got it. It's that good. It's a great road trip or travel book. Nice. Dang. You make me want to listen to it now, the audiobook specifically. Um, Jaleesa said, I need to read these his books. She's, uh, I rarely hear a bad review for Victor Laval books. Yes. Go find all the books and report back because... They are good with a T. Um, so my next one is also a book and it is called Comfort Me with Apples by uh, Catherine M. Valenti. Nobody, okay, so I don't even know how I came across this book because nobody hyping it up. And I read it. It's a, By the way, it's a novella. So it's not very long. I think okay. it's like, according to Goodreads, it's like, what, 103 pages. So it's pretty short. Um, but it's basically about a woman who has a perfect little life. She's beautiful. She's a, you know, homemaker. Her husband leaves to go do his job. He comes back. She loves him. She goes to sleep. She wakes up. It's the same thing over and over again. If any of you have seen, um, I think it's called like, don't worry, darling. With like, uh, with, um, that singer from One Direction, the one that's really popular, Harry Styles. Oh, you talking about that movie? And yeah, okay. and um, Pugh, 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 Florence Pugh, Florence Pugh. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so they star. A lot of people are in it. Big movie. Um, it gave that feeling, kind of, in which she's like, "Well, you know, why don't you tell me more about your job?" And he's like, "I oh, don't worry about it. Like, just." worry about being pretty and taking care of the house and by the way never go into the basement because that's where I do some of my work so she's like the basement is like the void that calls by the way <laughs> like 
she's working, she's cleaning, and she's like, that basement, though, what's down there? And they live in, like, a gated community. They can never leave. If you leave, you'll be in big trouble. Um, if you try to leave, you'll be in big trouble. So, of course, what the fuck does she do, Sophia? She tries to leave. <laughs> she goes in the basement. So, um, and then you just find out more dark, creepy stuff. And I was like, why isn't anybody talking about this book? It's creepy as hell. It's it and it's short, so it's not like you, even if you don't like it, you didn't really waste your time, right? Maybe it took you an hour, but it's a good one. I I gave I give it five blackulas. I'm pretty sure I rated it. Oh, sorry, I gave it four blackulas because probably because it was short. <laughs> <laughs> not you going. I need more of this before I, I take blackula. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So that sounds good. I definitely would want to read it especially if it's a novella uh, i feel like my attention spans a little shorter at yeah present, but... that's me lately short books are helping mm -hmm. okay 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 well um my next one so basically after i give my next one we'll have gotten halfway we'll have gotten all the way through our initial five mm -hmm. so i feel like we can do another five more and we can yeah. go so Therefore, my next one is a movie, and that is 13 Ghosts. Yes! <laughs> okay, so first of all, I feel like if you are paying attention to the things that I'm recommending, there's a bit of a trend. There's a bit of a undercurrent of humor, ridiculousness, a little camp with some of the things that I recommend. It's generally what I tend to be drawn to. So... Uh, 13 Ghosts, if you haven't seen it, I believe, oof, was, this, I think this might be a remake of a movie, I don't know, don't quote me on that, however, the one that came out, I want to say in like 2001, is very early odds, okay, now this stars Matthew Lillard, we know him, not know him, but we love him, because he's Stu Mocker, Scooby-Doo, Scream King, Scream King, <laughs> Okay, great. And he looks like a really, like, sweet guy. I That's what I like. Okay. So, he's in it. Um, Shannon Elizabeth, a bunch of other people are in this movie. Basically, what happens is this guy, Arthur, he's got two kids, somehow a nanny, in a New York apartment, and his wife has recently died. He finds out that his long lost distant uncle has left him everything once he died along with this big house his only condition is that in order for him to inherit all of this money he and his family have to move into this house they get to this house and it is a glass house literally everything is glass there's no you know uh privacy basically but they find out that in this house all of the glass there's symbols and some weird language written on the, on the glass they're told hey here's you got to sign this whatever kind of told maybe avoid the basement similar to what you were talking about and Matthew Lillard who we find out is a medium is masquerading as like a worker uh, like an electrician saying hey you know this place isn't safe for you you should probably leave the whatever's fucked up Obviously, the family doesn't, and carnage ensues. What they find out is that there are 12 ghosts 
locked up in cells in the basement. And the um, uncle puts them all here for such a nefarious intent. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, my question will be why. Because it is <laughs> over 20 years old. But um, I do distinctly remember watching this in the drive-in here in, in the Bay. With some Taco Bell, me and my brother, my horror buddy, watching this movie. And I was scared when I was a kid watching this. Now I watch it and I laugh. But <laughs> it's still one of my favorites. Uh, 13 Ghosts is something else. In a house like that, I would have been afraid to touch anything. I remember it mostly because the rapper Rodrigo was in it as an indie. Yes, exactly. That's that. I liked learning about the different ghosts and kind of their past. So if I was to maybe redo the movie, because they might reboot it, they reboot everything in this space, I would hope that maybe they would do it as a TV show so we would actually get to kind of See the history and stories of these ghosts and actually get to know them. I'd be cool with the TV show just touching on like having 13 episodes, one episode for each ghost. Just that. And I'd be like, this is it. This is for mm -hmm. me. I feel like at some point they were they did a TV show or they were trying to do a TV show and it didn't quite like happen. <laughs> there was like talks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that movie. I used to watch it quite a bit, especially because it was always on TV. Shout out to Sci-Fi Channel, old school, before they changed the spelling, because um, it was always on there. <laughs> uh, so mine would be, um, you know it, I know it, but it is uh, Night of the Demons, 1988. That is an important distinction because they did a reboot also starring Shannon Elizabeth, I believe. <laughs> I believe she was she was like one of the main characters. Um, but that was in the reboot. Obviously, 1988 was not her year. But it is about a... It's like the typical horror film, right? With demons in it. Uh, a bunch of dumb teenagers who are supposed to go to the Halloween dance decide, nah, let's blow this popsicle stick. Let's break into the local creepy condemned and abandoned um funeral home whole house and set up shop and let's party there you know it's halloween why not uh oh by the way oh the music died and the lights are done so we can't party like we wanted to even though you know the the boom box was powered by batteries but it dies suddenly even though you put batteries in it that morning fresh batteries no worries. Um, why don't we just sit around a, a, like a mirror and do a past live seance and unlock the creepy demons from the basement? Because I'm convinced, like I said before, the basement is the root of all evil. That is where all of the demons come from. <laughs> we know this. I know this. Uh, and so, of course, they one by one proceed to be possessed by uh, demons. Um, this is also the first horror film that I saw where the black character lives Roger and uh along with the white girl because black people can't survive alone They're, um it's always if, if, a, if a black person survives a white person survives with them a la what was that other one um the house on haunted, house on haunted hill. hill right you know black dude white woman survive always that way, always be that way. So 
Yeah. I but you know, it's a typical it's just bad acting. It's it's can't be the best thing about the film, like the most professional thing. I would have to say would be the demon makeup. I actually think that's where most of the budget yeah. went and the setting. The setting is good. Like I think they actually did film in a in like an abandoned funeral home because it was huge and lots of twists and turns. So it's an old favorite. <laughs> okay. I like that. Uh to my list, I don't even know if I've seen it. So let me add it to my list. <laughs> we'll be doing a reaction video. We have to. I haven't watched oh, it yeah. in a long time too, so this will be fun. We can do that one and two, which is even more fun because there are nuns in Night of the Demons too. Yes. Hell yeah. Okay, so my next one is going to be <laughs> uh you can hear by me giggling that this one's absurd. Uh Ghosts of Mars is my next wreck. Now <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so quick shout out to another podcast that just covered this girl that's scary if you're not listening to them what are you doing it's two black women they talk about horror films really great they just did an episode about ghosts of mars which completely jogged my memory for this movie, I proceeded to then watch it and went, this is bad. This is a masterpiece. Same thought. Both those thoughts happened at the same time. If you haven't seen Ghost of Mars, it stars Ice Cube and a bunch of other people. Pam Greer is also in it. And basically, it's, it takes place on Mars. It's as though we have terraformed Mars. And there's a group of people that are there. It's this, I think they're supposed to be cops or whatever the hell. They're tasked with transporting this criminal, Desolation. I want to say his name's like Desolation Jones or something, which is really. But transporting this criminal who turns out to be Ice Cube from one city to the next, extraditing him for his trial, basically, because he allegedly slaughtered a bunch of people. As they're doing this... uh fuck shit ensues, they get stopped, things happen, and they end up coming against what are the ghosts of Mars. Now, the ghosts of Mars essentially are, the more we terraformed Mars, we kind of unleashed this cr malevolent creature thingy that's very similar to a demon that, you know, possesses people, and it makes them go very Hellraiser on themselves. So they modify their body and do all this stuff and then murder. Uh, as I said, this movie's absurd. You watch it and you go, who, why, how, all the questions. But as a kid, it did scare me. It, I just, um, because it's a possession film. So I highly recommend Ghost of Mars if you want something that's a little, you know, very early aughts. Ooh, we haven't watched that one in a long time. As soon as you said it, my brain was like, oh, Lord, I forgot about that one. Um, 
I love how we both started laughing at this. Like, because it's so ridiculous. I remember, first of all, a lot of like a lot of my horror movie memories are with like two people: my mom or my grandmother, because she she likes sci-fi movies, and so you know, horror and sci-fi kind of meet somewhere in the middle a lot of the times, and so. Um, and so I just remember watching those types of movies, The Blob, um, Lake Placid, stuff like, and just like the most ridiculous stuff too, like Snakes on the Plane, because like Sci-Fi Channel is just the most ridiculous thing. And then, you know, you remember how like, I don't know if they still do it, they probably do, but they would dedicate like on the weekend, like one day to one like particular theme, usually creature features like, oh, today's all about alligators and crocodiles. So we're watching horror movies with that or sharks or clowns, whatever. Um, so I just remember stuff like that, like such, such good time. But, um, speaking of possession movies, I have one that I used to watch over and over and over again. I remember going to the theaters as a teenager and it's scaring the living shit out of me and all my friends. And that is the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. I almost (laughs) said this, so I'm glad that you did. Yeah. I really like this one. Um, if you don't know, it's about a girl named Emily Rose who gets possessed. Um, and unfortunately, like, you know, this up front, but she ends up dying due to complications, um, from the possession. And so there is a lawyer who has to defend the priest who was up, who actually tried to help Emily Rose and try to like exercise the demon out of her, but unfortunately failed. Um, and so he's put up on trial for murder for intentional neglect and murder. Um, And of course she's agnostic. She doesn't believe any of this. She's like, you were neglectful, but I still got to figure out how to represent you and get you off. Um, And so there are flashbacks and things like that um, about everything that happened to Emily Rose from the moment that she, you know, went off to college and met a boy and fell in love to the time where she suddenly was possessed and throughout the time. Uh, dude, the the faces and the, the creep, like just being in her head space while she was going through the possession and the way the demons would like turn her mind against her, make her see things was insane. And then also the court aspect of it was like, she was mentally ill. You were supposed to help her. You killed her you were neglectful um and the priest was really just trying to help and i hate my street sorry gall that's always fun i live on like a really busy street um they ride down it like it's not residential and the freeway is like right there so they 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 love the need for speed it happens um but yeah i mean it's one of my favorites first of all it's a possession film me and amanda Mm -hmm. love possession films and so it was automatically going to be great to me. And the main character, the main actors, really good. Some good acting. It wasn't anybody too famous, but they're all still like really good. So if you haven't checked out The Exorcism of Emily Rose, just go ahead and go for it. Just go watch it. I love it. It's super creepy and scary, though. So Yeah. Um, taking a moment to look at some of our comments. So I missed out on a lot of early 2000s movies because I was maybe in middle school then knowing my mama she said no if I asked to watch it I feel that my mom 
didn't watch him, but my dad and my brothers kind of, we watched him on the sly. <laughs> um, speaking of horror and sci-fi, The Fly was scary to me. Yeah, gr gr yes, we feel that. Um, mm, I can't. Uh, they chose the perfect actor to play Emily Rose. Yes, and I think she did all of the her own like stunt work, the mm -hmm. back bends and all of that on her own, which is really impressive. So yeah, I think it, that's a great choice. Um, okay, so then now it's mine. I, by the way, I'm completely lost as to how many more each of us has. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one more. Okay, so then I have two more. Okay. Or no. Yeah, so you go, I, I go, and then you yeah. go. Mm -hmm. Work. Okay. So, um, I'm going to say my next one is a novel, and that is uh, Delicious Monsters by Lizelle Sanbury. This is a more of a recent title, and I think some would probably say this is more of a thriller, but I found, I found it to be horror. I definitely read it and had moments of being a little, like, what's going on a little spooked as I was reading it um so if you're not familiar with this this basically follows two girls well one teenager and one young woman so Daisy's the teenager and Brittany's the young woman and we're reading their stories in parallel timelines so Daisy is young her mom she and her mom move back to her mom's kind of summerhood home um, with the idea of her mom being able to make this home into an air, uh, Airbnb, <laughs> into a bed and breakfast. And we get the sense that Daisy has some untreated mental health issues potentially. And, you know, she initially is kind of tiptoeing around what exactly is going on with her. We know that she had been in a relationship with an older man. She's about 16 and he's 21 so that's also that traumatic but we find out that Daisy did some things that resulted in some death and then 10 years later we we're following Brittany who is an investigative journalist working at a company that's very similar to like what BuzzFeed would be and she and her colleague are investigating this and trying to figure out what happened what went wrong that summer that they were there and maybe try to see if she's innocent or not. And Brittany has her own maternal trauma. She and her mom don't get along. Her really their relationship's very transactional. So I this is my first Lizelle Sanbury book. I really enjoy her writing style now that I have read it. Generally first person narratives uh, they're okay for me. But I I don't think this book could have been told any other way without the, the two first person narratives. And I just, I really enjoyed this. Um, it was horrific, not in the gory kind of sense, but it was horror. And there was some heartbreakingness to it. So I really enjoyed this. I love how you say, I really enjoyed this. It was horrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, right. I just so yeah, I just realized uh, only on that's, a horror podcast. Oh, I mean that's why we enjoy it. It has to be horrific for us to enjoy it. We're like, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I'm, I mean, if I'm not horrified. Why am I reading it? Right. I wouldn't say it's super horrific in the sense of like 
I didn't get nightmares. Mm-hmm. It's not, I wouldn't say it's gory, gory, right? But it is horrific in the sense of um, there are moments that are heartbreaking when you ultimately find out what's happened. And just kind of a reminder of how we as humans can be a whole lot more cruel and vicious to each other than any other demonic creature, alien thing could be. Awesome. Last but not least for me, it's a book. It is The Good House by Tanana Reeve Du. A fave on this channel. Yeah, fave author on this channel. Without, without one of us bringing up Tanana Reeve. So. Yeah, you can't forget Good Sis Du. Like, can't miss her. Um, but The Good House is essentially a haunted house and um, demonic possession book story. Um on the shoot on the 4th of July should have read it for the 4th damn missed it maybe next year 4th of July um the main character's son uh commits suicide by gun um simply out of the blue no one understands why um in the house that was known as the good house um that the woman's family um uh, basically kind of sort of inherited like her her I believe it was her great, was it her great, no, it was her grandmother. No, great grandmother. Mm-hmm. I can't remember like how many, but it wasn't too far back. It was like her great grandmother and yeah. her great grandfather, who was like her common law husband, um, had the house. It was like the best house in the town. And the um, townsfolk who were all white were pretty pissy about it because they didn't understand how a native man and a black woman who were basically married, but not by law um, could get this house, which is like, once again, the best house in the, in the town. And the woman was kind of like the the local medicine woman. Uh, And by the way, there was a huge like mudslide storm that tore up everybody else's homes, except theirs just because of like the way it was situated. So that also like, you know, rub people the wrong way and created even more animosity. Uh, but yeah, so weird things have been going on in that house uh, for a while now. And um, unfortunately, it's caught up to the main character and she's got to figure out exactly what happened. So trying to stop it so it doesn't hurt anybody else. And it's just really freaking spooky. And I feel like I've already said too much and I gave it five blackulas. <laughs> So good. Such a great book. Yes. Um, I love me some Tananarie too. Me too. Yes. I think, I don't think she gets her flowers as much as she deserves, but we give her flowers every time we have the opportunity. Um, well, that this, me being the last one to say my, my piece makes is really difficult because I do have so many, there's so many things that are my favorites. Maybe we'll do a best honorable mention after this, but I would say my last favorite is going to be, I'm going to say pray P R E Y. Now this is the newest predator film. 
it's an all indigenous cast, which I thought was really great. And it's essentially set, I'd say around colonial times, like when the settlers are first coming here and um, predator lands. And we follow our main character as she's battling him. So essentially most of the movie is, you know, a one woman against this predator. And I really enjoyed this movie. It was it was so good. The cinematography, the is she gonna survive, is she not? It was such a believable tension filled cat and mouse game happening between the two. And I really like that they did this in like colonial times, so pre modern technology and all of that and her having to use like natural resources and the things that she knows uh to be able to beat predator and you what you will find out will she or won't she but i really enjoyed this book book this movie it is on hulu i think um so you can find it there if you haven't seen it for sure worth a watch yeah girl power um I really loved it. I couldn't wait till it came out on Hulu. My family, we were the ones who were like, mm, let's do it. Let's sit down. Like everyone, including my stepdad, who doesn't really care about movies like that. But he was like, oh, I got to watch this because he's a fan of the Predator uh, franchise. And I, so I just, I don't know. I want to watch it again. It was pretty yeah. brilliant. Um, and it was like around the time of, Christopher Columbus not mm -hmm. even like the British coming this is like before the British coming because the white the, the men in there were not speaking English they were speaking what did Christopher Portuguese what the hell were they speaking oh. it wasn't English so they weren't English mm -hmm. they were they were the other white <laughs> the right. other colonizer <laughs> right yeah, so I definitely think it's worth a watch. Um, let's see here. That movie was so good. I watched it twice. I love the main actress since I saw her on the Roswell reboot. I loved the white men speaking with the foreigner subtitles. French, yeah, because I, I think it might have been French. It wasn't necessarily, yeah, to your point, like Christopher Columbus, I think it was pre-him. But those are our favorite thrills and chills. Um do we want to do a speed round of our other favorites? Or are you good? Are you like, I'm favorited out? I'm favorited out. Um, okay. I don't have, I don't have any more. Those are my faves. Okay. For now. <laughs> That's your list. Yeah. Well, if you have any favorites, please feel free to drop them in the comments now or when you watch this in the future. And we'll probably do another fave maybe you know, later this year or whatever, because of course our faves are always evolving and changing, but you know, we hope that this list kind of gives you a little bit uh, more of a sense of us as creators and the things we like, because I noticed some common threads with the stuff I was recommending. I don't know if you did for yourself, but I think it was definitely a fun episode. Yes. I loved it. I love talking about my faves. I love talking about my faves more than the ones I hate, actually. But people yeah. love hearing about stuff you hate, though, just because, like, 
there is a little bit more passion behind it. Like you love something, you're like, I really liked it. This is why. But when you hate it, you're like, I fucking hated this nonsense. This is why. Like, you know, like you got a little oomph behind it. So but yeah, we've we talked about done. didn't we do it? Our least favorites, like one of our first episodes for this season. I don't remember. I was just gonna say we haven't done a bitch track in a while. So we haven't for one. But I haven't necessarily consumed something that I don't like. But maybe we should, you know. At least not in the horror genre. I definitely consume things that I dislike in other genre of books. For sure. It's There's a lot of nonsense out there. <laughs> there's a lot of nonsense outside of horror that I'm just like, girl, I could tell you. Number one, it... This isn't horror, but it might as well be the Pisces. Don't read that. Just don't read it. It's just not worth it. I can't believe I read that shit. I mean, I'm hearing everybody talk mess about the fourth wing. I didn't even realize oh. this came out. It was like one day it wasn't out. The next day it was. Everybody mm -hmm. was bashing it. I don't mm -hmm. even know what it's about. And usually I keep up with the discourse. So I know what it is that people are talking about. I don't know anything about this book. But I do have a video by My Name is Marinette saved oh, on my ventilator. love her. So I will be sat listening or watching that video to get the tea yeah. on why this book is bad. Right. And no one, talk, no one also hasn't talked about the sequel to Ninth House. It came out. I actually read, it, I read that. You did? I, I, didn't, read I haven't read it, it yet. I liked it better than the first one. Okay. Also, the sequel to My Heart is a Chainsaw, um, Fear the Reaper. Only a few people have talked about it. Mm. I DNF'd it. Mm. Unfortunately. I think I'm just going to have to come back to it, but <sighs> I don't know. Here. Me either. I don't care what it is about that, but it must be pale if for why we're seeing it. I'll watch her video, too. Alright. Well... We will, I don't know. That's it. Those are our favorites. Yeah. So good job in the comment. Thanks for tuning in. Tamara, take us home. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Horror Host Support Group podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter under Horror Host Support Group, host spelled H-E-A-U-X. And if you want to join our book club, just click the link in the description on our Insta and you're there. You can find Amanda and learn all about her work on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube under the name Amanda the Author Ross, the spelt with two E's, and on Twitter at Amanda the Author with just one E. You can also find me, Samara, on the same platforms, except for Twitter, under the name Samara Reads 2. And don't forget to check out my indie book box company, fifthhousecollective.com. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>